Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. In this week's episode, I'm going to get you thinking about two ideas, two competing ideas, and which one wins. I do this podcast because I want you to become an effective and efficient communicator. I want your ideas to stand out. And what we're going to really focus on today is what happens when the best ideas don't win. Um, spoiler alert, sometimes the bad ones do. So I'm calling this a tale of two ideas. And if you're familiar with uh, Charles Dickens, he wrote a, um, a novel called The Tale of Two Cities. And I want to read to you the opening line. It's kind of a famous opening line from the novel. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was an epoch of belief. It was an epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. In short, the period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on its being received for good or for evil in the superlative degree of comparison only. Those, that opening line, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Dummy thinking about it was the best of ideas, it was the worst of ideas. What do you do and how do you know? Well, I'm trying to encourage you to communicate with impact in a clear and concise way, pack a punch. And a lot of times it's because you're you're trying to make a recommendation, get this idea. How do you know if it's a good idea or it's a bad one? Well, first thing, the best ones don't always win. It's naive to think that, hey, the idea alone and its own merits is going to carry the day. That's not what happens. Um, mediocre ideas, terrible ideas win too because of how they're presented. And in the poor presentation of a great idea, the idea gets buried. And for many years, I dedicated myself professionally to helping organizations specifically in the serious. It really predated the, the, the foundation of the Brief Lab. When I worked in a big marketing agency, when I started my own marketing agency, Sheffield Marketing Partners, I was really gifted with, called on, to help leaders at this moment of explaining what they believed was the great idea. And I have spent hours and hours and hours, thousands of hours in conference rooms and discussions with business leaders and organizational leaders and visionaries and entrepreneurs and military leaders and you name it, just hearing them talk out loud about their ideas and how hard it was to follow them and that what paying me really is to help make it easier to follow and easier to understand. They admitted that they weren't good at it, and that's why they called me. I wish I could replay all those, the highlights of some of those, but those sessions that I had, but I've had many. A lot of them were around tech, technology companies because the, the innovation to the people that were innovating seemed to be obvious, but when they opened their mouth and started to explain it, you started to get a lot of different interpretations, a lot of different explanations, and many of them were confusing. Um, I mean, I've worked with, you know, credit card companies and 
tech companies and software companies, and consumer products and transportation and I mean everything under the sun. And I've kind of heard it all. Um, I remember back in the day um, working with this tech company about a new technology um, that now we take for granted. But at the time, it was sort of like, whoa, what are you talking about? And it was called RDC, Remote Deposit Capture. It was The premise was you can take a picture of a check and deposit it on your phone. Well, when I was doing this, this was considered like going to Mars. And boy, when you hear people explain it, it was it was completely confusing. And the more they explained it, the more confusing it got. And I remember having worked with a company. One day, I was at home and reading the, the news, and I heard that a large bank uh, launched this. And it was actually my bank, the bank I used. So I immediately got online. I had a check, actually, in front of me that I needed to deposit. And I downloaded it from the, uh, the app, and I, I did it. Just like we had messaged hours and hours and hours previous. And it was this incredibly seamless, beautiful experience of depositing a check with your phone. And it was experiences like that where like that was a great idea. But if they left it alone, it may have taken years for people to invest in it, support it, on, even under fundamentally understand it. I've told the story um, in the courses I teach of digital signature, and we take this for granted for nowadays, but uh, a really close friend of mine was an early investor in a tech startup, and he called me one day and he said, hey, I, I've got this money invested in this tech startup, and the more, he goes, it's a great idea. But the more this guy explains it, the more confusing it gets, and I don't think I'm ever going to see my money. Could you talk to him? I said, sure. So he came into my office, and this was just a favor, and he sat down, and I'm like, well, tell me about your product, and he started explaining it. And he got knee deep into the details, into the weeds. And I started getting confused. And I just kind of hit the hit the T, called a timeout. And he just kind of said, oh, Lord, I know I do this all the time. Like, it's, it's so confusing. And I, we joked. I'm like, this is kind of an intervention. You know, your, your primary investor is sending you to me to help you clean this up. And the happy end of the story was his company was acquired by really like the industry leader, by DocuSign. And, and it became sort of, a common thing. Everybody does this nowadays, but at the time it was like a big, big idea. It was a great idea, but poorly explained, really confusing. And had he not cleaned it up, it may never got gone to market. We think about great ideas versus terrible ideas. I mean, a lot come to mind. You think about in the in the marketing world, like Crystal Light, Pepsi, um, Crystal Pepsi was called actually, not Crystal Light, New Coke. I mean, somebody thought this was a brilliant idea. The Apple Newton, as it like a predecessor to the iPad, was tanked. The Edsel Ford, three years after they launched the Edsel in the 50s, it, the product line just disappeared. Um, Microsoft Zune, which is kind of like an like a, like a little um, music player that they put a ton of money behind and nobody understood it. Google Glass, pretty recently. You know, those are some just... Were they good ideas, bad ideas? Somebody got it approved. Somebody launched it. You think about great ideas that never really quite took off. No pun intended. The Concord. <laughs> Terrible joke. Sorry. Um, Google Wave, which was this collaborative, online collaborative tool that couldn't... I remember watching interviews of this thing on on, me, on like on the media, the news, and they were laughing because nobody could explain it. Guess what? It, it 
didn't make it. Xerox lost, launched Alto, which was like a PC that had a graphic user interface and a mouse. It was a, it was a predecessor to the Macintosh. And it had all the fixings of a success, but it was just lost in translation. And the list goes on and on. I can do more research and share great ideas that were never made it to the past the cutting room floor and terrible ideas that did. What I want you to think about in this episode, this is a two-part episode, just to tee up for I'm going to talk about the line share of what's going wrong here, and then in the second part next week is how to fix it. Um First thing I want you to think about, and you're, you've got this idea that you want to explain is, is actually asking yourself, is it is it actually a good idea? Um, and the irony here is, is it's not up to you, but it's up to you. I'll explain why, why I'm saying that. It's not up to you to determine if it's a good idea. It actually depends on somebody else. But it surprisingly is up to you to make sense of it so that a person can make the, the judge of that. And I want to st stop and give an example of this. Um, I had the privilege of meeting a woman named Marlena, who was the former chief creative officer at McDonald's. And she was responsible for I'm loving it, launching that brand promise in many, many countries. Very, very smart, super creative person, just wonderful conversation with her. And I remember something that she said to me, I'll never forget. She said, in my career, if something takes a long time to explain, it's often an early indicator that it's a bad idea. I'll say that again. In her experience, if something took a long time to explain, it was often an indicator that it was a bad idea. So it's not up to you to say if it's a good idea, but it's up to you to explain it so that a person could say it's good or bad. Because the first thing you need to know is, is the idea worthy? Now, everybody thinks it is. And I just recently, um, you can look at like big decisions, you know, big things that need to be explained. I, a person may be recommending staff cuts. And maybe it's a terrible idea. Maybe it's a brilliant idea. I just recently watched the movie Air about how Nike um, signed Michael Jordan and launched the Air Jordans. And you obviously in history look back, it was the best. It was a brilliant idea. Um, you know, but could he explain it? Could he pitch the idea? And it, I'm not only give away the movie, obviously you know the history of it, but um, in the movie it was, it was Matt Damon trying to really pitch Phil Knight, the CEO, who was playing by Ben Affleck, about the, the just putting all of our chips on this idea. And obviously his ability to explain that bold, big idea, I mean, everything hung in the balance. And obviously not that, but just how he pitched you know, Michael Jordan's mom, et cetera. Maybe it's a life change, a big decision you're making in your life. Um, so the first question is, is it a good idea or a bad idea? It's not up to you, but it's up to you. Um, and related to this now is like, okay, can you explain it? Are you any good at explaining it? Do you under-explain it? Do you over-explain it? Or do you make it too complicated? Do you use words that, that clarify or confuse? Like, how good are you? Can somebody else explain it and not you? So somehow, somehow that idea is in your hands to get it across the goal line, and it may be that um, you can't you can't clarify. Um, so maybe it's how you tell it. You've heard me, maybe if you've been on this podcast before, um, heard me say or make this comparison that clarity is a lot like comedy. 
Well, you know, certain comedians can tell the same joke and make people laugh a lot more. The question I want you to think is, it, is it because you can't tell it? I mean, somebody else can. Well, that makes that more, other person more valuable than you, right? So in, this, the, in the case of the Nike Air Jordan story, you know, that guy, Sonny, was really, you know, he owned that. That was entirely up to me to make that the, the reason why clear and compelling. No guarantee that he was going to get a yes, but if he, if he made that pitch confusing. And the other thing I want you to be thinking about is some ideas might be dumb ideas. Some might be terrible ideas, but they're passed off as brilliant. So, you know, the best ideas don't always win. Sometimes the worst ones do. Why? Oftentimes it's the deliverer. Sometimes the great ideas give it to a person who's terrible delivery. And sometimes the worst one's given to a person who's kind of gifted, passionate, loving, like loves the ideas all in. Um, and just a side note, you know, why do people, wouldn't the idea itself be self, self-evident? Great idea, bad idea. You know, it's somehow in the how we explain something, it determines if that's good or bad. And why do people sign off on bad ideas? Um, you know, a number of reasons. I just kind of jotted down a few, but Maybe the, there's a little nugget in there that the pe- person hears and sees something for some, something in it for them. Maybe they get caught up in the salesmanship. The person's super excited and passionate. It's the sizzle versus the steak. They just keep on hearing the sizzle, thinking that the steak is going to be thick and juicy. Or maybe just after a while, the, weak, the weak-minded conceit and they say, fine, do whatever you want. I don't know. There's probably more reasons. But what we want you to think about is... In this tale of two ideas, how you present it, how you deliver it can be the determining factor if people deem it to be good at all. So kind of going back, this is part one. Next week, we're going to dive into like, okay, how do you, how do you tackle this and win? But let me end with how I started with the opening line of the tale of two cities, both the slight deviation. And this was my idea, but with a little help from ChatGPT, I might say. It was the best ideas it was the worst of ideas. It was the age of innovation. It was the age of error. It was the epic of inspiration. It was the epic of misjudgment. It was the season of breakthroughs. It was the season of setbacks. It was the spring of advancement and the winter of regression. We had every possibility before us. We had every misstep before us. We were all moving towards enlightenment. We were all moving towards confusion. In short, the period was so similarly contrasted to the current period that some of its most vociferous advocates insisted on its being recognized for its merits or its faults in the most extreme degree of judgment only. Just saying.